everybody. Good evening. We'll wait just a minute to see who jumps on. Um, I decided to go live from at Barry with me tonight until we get more people following and moved over to the at Jordy Happiness Hero account. Hopefully this will help more people be able to find that account. Tonight, our topic is post-COVID employees. Are they broken or awoken? It's back to work. It's been a while since the main throes of the COVID pandemic, and I think very, very recently this week, President Biden said that officially the pandemic is over. And so we're gonna be talking about what does that mean for employees and what is that like now for people getting back into the regular workforce? Um, how did COVID change the workforce forever? And what did people learn about happiness as a result of work during the pandemic? We are going to discuss that and here to discuss this with me tonight, somebody who experienced it firsthand like many people did, but he experienced this firsthand and it changed his whole career. And that is my husband, Cornelius Cor. Say hi. Hello. So Cor is going to dive into this topic with me and we're going to explore happiness in relation to what we learned about work from COVID. Thank you for so many hearts, Hadley. Our daughter is watching and she's giving us lots of love, which is so nice. All right, so let's get going on our interview and our live. Now that I've introduced what we're going to be discussing, I want to introduce who I will be discussing this informa information with, and that is Core. And so Core, I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce yourself. And then after you've introduced yourself, I want you to give three interesting random facts about yourself. Okay? All right. So hello, I'm Cor Cornelius or Core Hoffman. I am Jordy's husband. Um, that is an interesting fact, but that's not one of my three interesting facts. So, uh, first interesting fact, um, I am a major nerd and I love playing tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, second interesting fact is I speak Italian. And third interesting fact, um... My mind just blanked. I had one earlier, but um, I, let's see. Third interesting fact is I grew up in Pocatello, Idaho. That's super interesting. Mm. That's a big part of who you are, so it works. It is. All right, so there's Core, and he's introduced himself. Uh, Core, the reason I asked him to be my guest 
is he works in why don't you tell him a little bit about what your job is and things like that you can I don't know I'm married to him but I can't tell you exactly what I, I my my explanation would be really really shoddy compared to what he can tell you about it so I want him to take a minute to explain his job situation and what he does and what his job is now and what his job was going into COVID. Okay. Um, so going into COVID, uh, I'll start there because I, then it makes a natural progression to what it is now. Uh, going into COVID, I worked for a insurance company, uh, property casualty insurance um, company. That being said, I like to tell people that uh, despite working for an insurance company, um, my job wasn't insurance. And that's actually a very true statement. Even though I worked for an insurance company, um, my job was in software development. Um, and I started that company working, doing software development, um, specifically in the testing side of things. And then in like 2018, so a couple years before the pandemic, I moved into more of the, um, think of it like the project management side of it. Not really project management, but it's the easiest way to explain it. Uh, where I am more working with uh, helping manage the teams, uh, make sure our commitments are being met, help keep things on track, um, those kinds of things. Uh, so. Easiest way to explain is software development and the project management side of software development. Now, I do the same exact thing that I was doing previous to COVID, prior to COVID. Um, I work for a different company now and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that unless you want me to talk about that now. Go ahead. Okay, uh, so uh, let's see, it would have been actually 2021. So I mean, COVID had already, like the beginning of COVID already hit, 2020 passed. I still was working for the insurance, this insurance, uh, this property casualty insurance company out of Idaho. Um, 2021, mid 2021, I, um, the insurance company was not really doing work from home anymore. They did it out of necessity for a little while. Um, and they decided to kind of stop that and bring everybody back into the office uh, full time. Um, about that time and including some other with along with some other things, I decided to start seeing what the job market looked like. Um, long story short, ended up finding a job doing the same exact thing, uh, working for a company out of Kentucky, um, completely remote um, and um, doing the same exact thing and getting paid a lot better. So uh, that's where I am today. All right, so he kind of took you on his little journey and it's perfect because it's a perfect illustration of what I've been looking at and what I wanted to explore is employee engagement and employee happiness and how it's tied to, um, oh, I just said um, English teacher nightmare. How it's tied to post COVID work because a phenomenon that we saw coming out of COVID was that it seemed like everybody was hiring, everybody needed employees because I would hear it everywhere I went, nobody wants to work. But was that really the problem? It just really got me thinking like, is it really that nobody wants to work? Because yeah, nobody wants to work. No, if you don't have to work, of course you don't want to work. <laughs> Much rather do other things. But like there has to be more than that. Like do these 
post-COVID employees like have a better grasp on their own worth? Do these post-COVID employees who had to work from home for a while, did they realize that their happiness levels were significantly higher in that environment? Like what changed? What's happening? How did this change the workforce? And that's it. It really struck my interest because it deals so much with happiness and different people's happiness. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you. And I thought Core would be perfect to talk about it because he kind of took that personal journey himself. Like he did go through exactly the things that I'm going to talk about or think about with his transition from one company to the other um, post COVID. And it's very interesting. Like, would you say Core that you kind of learned your own value because you, he's mentioned that he gets paid a lot better at this company doing the same exact thing, hundred percent remote. He didn't mention that it's like double more than double what he made at the other company. So did you, did COVID and all that impact your perception of your own worth? Um, I think so. Uh, when, b- before working remotely, uh, prior to COVID, um, the company I worked for did a little bit of remote work. It was really just on a case-by-case basis. I have a meeting in the afternoon and I can remote in from my with my laptop. Uh, is that acceptable? Sure, on a couple hours here, a couple hours there basis. COVID hit, they sent everybody home and we were forced to work from home all the time. Uh, I enjoyed working from home. Uh, I didn't ever think I would. Actually, I had an opportunity when I lived in Idaho Falls back um, prior to 2000, like around 2011, 2012, to work from home um, because the company that I was working for then actually went to, uh, they didn't want to have a work, an office space. And I actually said, no, I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd like to just, you know, go to work, be done with work, come home and keep that separation. And so I wasn't really sure how that would work out, uh, force into it. I actually ended up really liking it. Um, not only that, uh, I realized in 2021 when I started looking at the job market that I was, um, for various reasons, being severely underpaid. Um, not only what I, my, my worth, like you're talking about, but also like what I, how I valued myself, but also just the... Market. The market, yeah, and I don't know if the market changed because of COVID. Um, it may have. I don't have. I don't have that data necessarily to to say whether it did or did not. Um, but definitely, um, it was interesting to see that I could go get a job doing the same exact thing, working completely remote, and get have my pay essentially double. So. Yeah. So it's really interesting to me. Like I feel like. It- or this desire to continue this work from home environment urged you to look more into the market, which, you know, sparked, like you didn't realize before that you were being very much underpaid for what you do and your own value and all that kind of stuff. And so then just, you know, COVID sparked the research, sparked the getting out there and looking into it and kind of this light bulb of, hey, I can do the same exact thing and make more than twice as much as I make right now and work 100% remote. Um, It's just very, very interesting. Like to me, that's like, of course, once you realize your own worth, once you realize I'm worth more than I thought I was, or you know, like how can that not 
increase your happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And so I feel like in that way, COVID kind of positively pushed you in that direction. Yeah. I think um, one of the things is that working from home, um, having, the, and I'm sure, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but there's obviously downsides to working from home. Um, there's things you have to worry about, you know, balancing. Um, but it made me realize once I started looking at the market and I seen how much, how much people needed my skill set um, out there, it made me realize that I, for a long time, wasn't giving myself enough credit and the things I was doing. Uh, and that combined also with just the struggles of COVID. COVID was hard for a lot of people. Uh, for us, I mean, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the easiest. We, we were dealing with all the normal things everybody deals with, with bills and all that stuff. And, you know, COVID adds to that. So then you start thinking, okay, like how can I improve my situation? How can I improve my uh, life and my family's life? And I think that also spurred me along with COVID to look and see what the options were and maybe get a, have a better perspective on what I was worth. Yeah, I think that is powerful and awesome realization. Sometimes the challenges when things are the toughest kind of spur us into the direction we need to go to dig our way out and find our own happiness. And I like that. Okay. So Something that I found um, is published by Forbes.com back in, I think it was in 2022. I don't even think it's 2021. I think it was 2022. But Forbes.com had published an article about a study done by Tracking Happiness, a research group called Tracking Happiness. And it surveyed 12,455 employees and they were surveyed about their work conditions. and. The key findings of this survey included one that the ability to work remotely increases employee happiness by as much as 20%, which 20% is a lot. If you're thinking overall, like that's a, a lot of, that's a big improvement in employee happiness, which is good for employee engagement, which is good for employee retention. So that's kind of powerful. Um, the next key finding was that millennials are the happiest when working remotely, uh, we're millennials. Um, there is a large generation of millennials and the study showed that millennials are the happiest when they're working remotely. Would you say that's probably applicable? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a big portion of what spurred so many people to um, increase how many people they allowed to work from home because I mean, there's people, I wasn't necessarily in this position just because of our family situation and money situation, but I've heard of people that just said, I'm not going back to work if I have to go back in person. And they put, they just made that a boundary and said, I'm not doing that anymore. And um, I felt like that, I wanted to feel like that, but I didn't quite put my foot down in that manner. But in, in another way, I started looking and thinking about other options and it opened up the door for Mm, is there another option or do I need to stay at this job that I've been at for a long time and isn't going to be remote? Yeah. 
So that was really good too, because that's something I want to get to in just a minute is the, what was the impact on employees setting boundaries as a result of, in their jobs, as a result of what happened during COVID and the pandemic and having to stay home. Like, did it teach employees? Did it teach the workforce that they could set some boundaries? Like all these people that did say, hey, if I have to go back to the office, I'm not going back. I'm completely remote or I'm not coming back. Did it teach people to set boundaries and were they healthy? Like that's a big point of discussion because I think so, so much of the discussion that I heard just in the area that I was that, oh, people are lazy. People don't want to work. Is that true? Maybe for some people, I don't know. Or is there a shift in the workforce where people are learning their own value when people are learning to set boundaries um, which will only contribute to their own happiness so it's kind of interesting to think about um another one back to that study another of the key findings is that returning to office-based work after the pandemic reduced employee happiness which is what we're talking about people who were forced to return showed a decrease in happiness which leads to turnover which leads to reduced employee engagement so you know, less production, less productive. If you hear weird, strange noises in the background, one of our daughters is like, they're all very talented singers, but I don't know what noises are coming out of the hallway right now. Maybe. I think our sweet, sweet freshman daughter got, they have a women's choir at her high school and they are they only take like upperclassmen, sometimes some sophomores. And we talked to them about it when she first came as a freshman about her maybe being in it. They're like, oh, we don't even let them audition until the end of their freshman year. So I'm like, okay, whatever. She got into choir for a few weeks and the choir director's like, I want to put you in the women's choir. And by then she's, it would stress her out to have to switch her whole schedule around for it. But they did ask her to come perform with them this Wednesday and she has to learn some songs really quickly. And so I'm sure she's in there like, practicing the high notes and stuff <laughs> but anyways that was brag on my daughter in the middle of this uh episode but so we learned that from that study that returning to office-based work reduced employee happiness okay employee happiness decreases as commute time increases so people who have to commute to work people that have and the longer the commute the less happiness like the more your happiness decreases so obviously when you work from home you don't have to worry about a commute and that contributes to happiness um what's your favorite part about working completely remote core um i think the biggest thing which also comes with its own complexities is being able to be with my family more um Obviously there's boundaries you have to set so that you can still maintain your work and do the things you need and not be too distracted, um, which is hard also right now where we are in our situation. We're living in a small Airbnb and I work right here in the front room where Jordan does her lives and where the kids do their homework and where we eat dinner and uh, that can be hard. Um, but Luckily, we're not here forever. That's true. If they ever finish building our house, we won't be in the Airbnb <laughs> forever. But I guess my point is, 
being able to be home more, be able to be there more. I, I always relied on other people or uh, Jordan if she wasn't at work or whatever it may be to run kids around, do things and not be there with them as much. And I feel like I can be there a lot more. Um, even just being able to work remotely um, and my job obviously is unique in some of this is that like even if I need to take a meeting from my car I can do that um, so if I need to run my kid to her swimming lessons or run a kid to do something pick them up from school I can do work meetings from my phone in my car with my you know earbuds in and that's not something that I ever would have been able to do pre-COVID so uh, that is a unique opportunity and something that's quite nice. Yes, so that increases his happiness, but it also increases my happiness because it's less stress on me and less commuting for me to try to get all the kids to all the things. And and it just, it, it honestly makes life so much easier. It takes off a lot of stress. In fact, when I was thinking about going in, back into the workforce myself, my job searching started with looking at remote jobs only because after seeing the increased happiness in course life and like the improvements that it made for him, I was like, huh, I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of, of having those things in my life too. I, the remote job stuff's not a bad idea. I might still go back into teaching in the classroom. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. Whatever will be most conducive to me living as my happiest self, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so the last major point of that survey that I talked about, the study that I talked about, was that happiness at work is significantly correlated to overall life happiness. When you're happy at your job, your overall life happiness is directly correlated to that. You're gonna be much happier in all of your life if you're happy at your job. And it goes both ways. If you are miserable or feel insecure or feel like worried about your job all the time or anything like that, stressed, like inundated with stress, if all those things in your job, that correlates directly with your overall life happiness. We've, we've both seen that in, yeah. our, in our careers, in our lives. In our careers, in our lives. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been, in, I, I specifically remember a job I had when we, in like 2011, 2012, in Idaho Falls, and it was very stressful, a lot of work, very hard, not great pay, and um, yeah, my work happiness was very low, and it definitely affected my life happiness, and um, affected my family as well. I mean, it wasn't just me. It affected everyone around me, so. 100%. 100%. I had to resign from teaching because my overall happiness, my mental health was so bad. So, so bad. I was in a terrible place. And after quite some time healing at home and trying to get myself in a better place, because I really was in a very dark place. When I got to where I could function again, um, I knew I kind of needed to be out of the house, but I was not ready to go full back into my career yet of teaching or anything like that. And so I went and got a job working for my friend who owns a theater. And this is during COVID, so it was in a scary time for the theater anyway. So it was just like a minimum wage, but we need some more help kind of job. And I'm like, I don't care about the money. I'm just there to get out of the house. And I love 
review and I love the theater and I, you know, want to help or whatever. And me scrubbing toilets for minimum wage and like doing all this, I don't know, this other work that's not teaching or whatever. I was happier making my minimum wage doing scrubbing toilets and doing vacuuming carpets and dealing with all the customers and stuff like that, which I love the customers. They were wonderful, like 90, 95% of them. But it just goes to show, like I was much happier then doing that, that job where I was, you know, not necessarily like making lots of money or doing the career I studied for or, you know, pursuing my passions or anything like that. But I was happy at work and so I was much happier at home. And sometimes that's important, like, Sometimes taking a pay cut is worth it if it increases your overall happiness. Or, you know, making a big change, even if it's difficult, even if it's scary, sometimes it's worth, or most of the time it's worth it if it's going to greatly increase your happiness. Um, all right, so. Oh, something I was thinking about, I don't know if this is something that will come up later, but I think another thing that COVID helped me realize is that um, I wasn't, I, and the, the switch to a new job, I wasn't stuck at that job. Like I realized after I got the new job and that I was marketable, that I had skill sets that I could go get a new job and get double my pay, that heaven forbid, I didn't like that job. I felt very comfortable in getting back out into the market and looking for a new job again. And that's something that for most of my career up to that point, I didn't feel comfortable. I got the job, more or less, I got the job that I had at that insurance company in Pocatello, Idaho for from when I got out of college till I switched jobs in 2021. And for a long time, I felt like, hey, this is the best I'm gonna get. Like this is, it's, you know, and it wasn't a bad company. It was a decent company, they had a retirement. You know, good, good, good people. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I liked what I was doing. It wasn't the greatest pay, but I kind of felt like, okay, this is where I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do. Um, kind of stuck, not necessarily in a super bad way, but kind of stuck. Just I just didn't ever feel like maybe see a reason why I would ever need to leave. Once I left, once I changed, and once I saw that I could, thanks to COVID and thanks to a lot of other things, I realized that like if, if I ever needed to or wanted to, I could again. And I, I wasn't st stuck doing something that maybe I wasn't happy in or wasn't wanting to do. Or when you're undervalued or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that is a dangerous uh, mindset to get yourself into is that feeling of being that you're stuck in anything. That's a mental health red flag right there. You're never stuck. Like... There's always other options. They might not be easy, it might be difficult, it might be challenging, it might be scary, but there's always other, you're never ever stuck. You're not never trapped. And if you get yourself in that mindset where you think that you're trapped and there's no other choice, you can't do anything, it's a very unhealthy, unstable mental health position to be in. Trust me, I know because I, I have definitely been there before. Uh, when he was working at that job, I thought we were stuck and trapped in Pocatello, Idaho for the rest of my life. And that caused me a lot of duress because I wanted to go other places, try other things. And like it just, I felt very much trapped. And when he got the 100% remote job and we could go anywhere, 
And at first I still felt like, oh no, he'll never leave Pocatello. And I wouldn't even say anything to him. My counselor encouraged me to be like, hey, tell him you want to move. Tell him you don't want to be in Pocatello for the rest of your life. You want to try something else. And you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, she's so right. Because I always tell my kids and people, it's like, the answer's always no if you don't ask. And so I told him, I was like, hey, here's what it is. I don't want to be in Pocatello. And I won't be in Pocatello forever. Like, either I leave and you come too, or, you know, it was kind of, I, mean, I wasn't like a fire. You know, that sounded like a spite, but it wasn't a fire. But he, much to my amazement, he was like, yeah, well, pick a place, let's go. And I was like, what? Uh, my first pick was Hawaii, but it turns out that he needs to stay in the lower 48 for his job. Like, it's he has a lot of freedom, very but costly. it's also very expensive. But I started looking and looking, and then I got so stressed at one point looking because there's so many options that I was like, I'm never going to be able to decide. We're just going to stay here forever because I can't decide. But then ultimately, it was kind of like a dart at the dartboard, and I was like, yep, that's the spot we're going. And I'm pretty sure I got, I got the job at the end of July... Uh, 2021 and I'm pretty sure by the end of August we had already made the decision that we were moving it was just a matter of timing and figuring out housing all the (laughs) and it ended up working out really great even though it was a scary big jump like we sold our house actually at the perfect time because the market was tip top high a terrible time for buyers but perfect time for us to sell it uh we got an insane amount for our sweet little house that we sold and that just was worked miracles in our lives that paid off all of our consumer debt and student, loan student debt. loans and like all that kind of stuff. And it just got us that jump we needed to get moved out here where we are now in North Carolina, which seems like a really weird, people do not understand this move, but it makes sense to us. And so that's all that matters. Well, and then just the happiness of being financially I mean, this comes to, like, the job, but also paying off the debt, like you said. The happiness from being finan- more financially stable. I mean, that's I mean that's a whole other, maybe a whole episode. other podcast episode. Don't worry, it's coming. It's <laughs> on my list. Yeah. But, yeah. It's incredible, like, what the pandemic catapulted, like, the action that it, the catalyst that it was for the action that we took to just improve overall happiness in our life in so many ways but in this case you know job wise but in so many ways and i'm still working out the kinks on where i'm going to land workforce wise um and happiness wise i have the freedom now that you know since his salary more than doubled like i don't have to go back and teach because it's not like we depend on my salary like we used to but like I don't also I'm not the kind of person that feels I get very unsettled and I feel very much unrest when I am not doing things and so I'm going she, to she can't sit still is what she's trying to say that's true <laughs> we, we talked about this with the TikTok today and what it says about my trauma but that's okay but you know, if this podcast takes off, sweet. Like, I would love to be able to monotonize it. Monotonize? Monotonize. Monotonize. We don't want it to be monotonous. Not that. Monetize. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for having the same thought as me at the same time. I would love to be able to monetize it eventually and, and, you know, have it be my work and because I feel passionate about it and I love doing it. But I also want to write books. 
And I also, I do love teaching. Like, I love the curriculum building side of teaching. I love, I always loved my students. Um, in fact, I loved them too much, probably. It, like, broke my heart too much. Um, I loved my, I loved my coworkers. I loved working with other teachers. I loved having conversations about teaching. I loved actual teaching and actual instruction. The grading I didn't love, but I, it was, you know, I didn't hate it either. <laughs> it wasn't the worst part of it. The bureaucracy and then the behavior and the lack of support, like those kind of things, that killed teaching for me. It like killed my spirit. It just, it's because you, when you love something so much and then it comes crumbling down, it's devastating. Um, and I guess I set those boundaries in my job. Like I can't do this in this environment anymore. And it was like, at the school I was at, it was a, almost a full staff turnover. A lot of ways, that's how it was at my job too. And at Core's job too. And uh, people, I think people started appreciating their worth and setting their boundaries and doing things to protect their own happiness. And I think that that's healthy. I think it's good. It was probably scary. It was scary. It was terrifying for me. It was soul crushing, but I've come out on the other side much healthier, much happier. Um, so Core, I have a question. For you before I get to my next piece of research are employees more or less productive when working from home I think this is an interesting one because I think if you take the definition of productivity prior to COVID then I think the answer would be that people are less productive um, what I mean by that is in my opinion prior to covid a lot of productivity was measured by are you in the office are you clocking hours are you you know pumping out widgets whatever the thing is you're doing that was the productivity um where uh, i've seen a shift in the work i'm doing is productivity is is starting to shift to being measured on value delivery, those kinds of things, as opposed to, uh, did I just sit at my desk and type on my keyboard for 40 hours a week? Or was it more, did we deliver the value and get the things done that we needed to get done to help the business grow and, and improve? And that's more what I that where I see people seeing the productivity being measured. And so I would say that the biggest thing is productivity and how we measure it is changing and has changed a lot. Um, I'll be honest, uh, there's times when um, I'm not the most like productive in the sense of like head down, typing on the keyboard, doing the things I need, you know, uh, laser focused on my work where maybe if I was in the office there is that because there's this almost like um Big brother yeah kind of but like this like idea of like oh if I don't you know someone's gonna walk around the corner and see me and that's not necessarily productive it's more just me feeling like I need to look busy and so um now I feel more enabled and empowered to do the things that I know I need to do and I also have uh, another great thing. I, ha I have supervisors and, and leaders that empower me and know that, hey, he's gonna get the things done he needs to get done. And um, they trust me with the things I need to do. And so I feel less stressed about needing to like try to prove that I'm being productive. 
and more I more focused on doing the things that are actually helpful and valuable to the business. Yeah, so maybe um, quality, not quantity type situation yeah. where the quality of the work is actually improving, even though it seems like the quantity isn't as much, it doesn't matter because the quality is better. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I know that sometimes if I had to do curriculum planning and stuff like that, I worked better from home because I was more comfortable, I was more relaxed. Um, even though it seems like you'd have less distractions in the workplace, in my case, like, I just, I couldn't focus because I just wanted to be home. Mm. Like, if it was at the end of the day or something like that, like, I, I was not as, for, it was, again, quality versus quantity type situation. Um, this next little part of research that I wanted to share and discuss was from www.apollotechnical.com. And part of this article that they shared was talks about statistics on remote workers explored. And they the survey that they did or that they talk about, it surveyed 10,000 employees and they were surveyed by the Becker Friedman Institute for Economics at the University of Chicago. Um, and the people that were surveyed overall said that they thought they were just as productive working from home compared to working in the office, which is very interesting. Um, in fact, 30% of those respondents told researchers they were more productive. 30% said that they were more productive and engaged when working from home than when they were in the office, which kind of goes along with what you were saying. Um, the same team survey or the same survey team calculated that commuting time, again bringing in the commuting time, uh, was reduced by 62.4 million hours per day. This is for like all the 10,000 employees. 62.4 million hours per day, with aggregate time savings of over 9 billion hours, starting from the middle of March 2020 to the middle of September 2020. So when everybody was stuck at home and having to work from home. It was over 9 billion hours that were saved from commuting, like from having to be in the car and commute. I don't know about you, but I get grumpy when I'm commuting. I have to commute to take my daughters to school. Mm -hmm. And that's some of my grumpiest times. Like, oh, I have to do this again. I have to sit in my car forever again. I have to deal with people driving like maniacs again and get my little bouts of road rage <laughs> oh and today oh I didn't tell you this and today nightmare of nightmares a little fact about me I'm a little bit scared of snakes snakes are not my favorite that they scare the shiz out of me like I don't like snakes very much I have like at Bennett assemblies as a teacher or a student and had like hold snakes and I didn't like die but I didn't like it at all I'm not a snake fan part of this is rooted in the fact that my dad's house there must have been some like there must be some kind of like crack of the foundation or something or like some snake nest underneath that but there would always there would be snakes in the house and they would always be in my freaking bedroom so like I'd wake up my little brother called my bedroom the gateway to hell <laughs> I'd wake up and I'd like go to step off my bed and there'd be a freaking snake on the floor and I'd like squeal and my dad would come and stomp it. Oh, it was terrible. And then I, of course, feel like guilty for the snake and sad for the snake getting stomped to death. It's not its fault. It's like breaking into my bedroom 
Or like they'd put down a sticky trap for spiders. And so I'd wake up and there'd be a giant spider on my sticky trap and a snake trying to get the spider. Oh my gosh. I still like it. It gives me heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. So today, on my stupid commute to take or to pick my daughter up from school, there's something big in the middle of the road coming up. I'm like, is that a like a torn tire? Like, what the heck is that? And I get close. It's a freaking snake. It is a huge snake. Huge. It's like mouths open and it's looking all evil. And I'm like swerving to Was not. Was it dead? No, it's like sitting up with like its head like coiled up like the tire, but then its head is up like this. <sighs> That's why I thought it was like a frayed tire or something. No, it was a freaking huge snake. Huge. <laughs> and on it, the side uh, of the highway? Like in the road, not on the side. <laughs> and I had to like, woo, so I didn't like smash it. Oh. <laughs> and then I had like heebie-jeebies and like sh- shivers all the rest of the way to pick my daughter up from school. Minor distraction. This is what happens with me. There are some tangents. <laughs> we talk about happiness. We talk about happiness in relation to different things. Today we're talking about job happiness and like how working remotely is you know promoting like overall life happiness and part of the way it does that is by reducing commute times i was talking about my commute time and commute time is not happy when there's a giant freaking nasty snake in the middle of the road (laughs) with his mouth all open like i'm gonna eat you it was terrifying i can't get out of my brain Anyone else have nightmares that, like, you go to sit down on the toilet and a giant snake comes out from the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. This is one of the big reasons I couldn't live in Florida, because I thought, like, oh, for sure, if that's ever going to happen anywhere, it's going to be Florida. <laughs> regarding Florida snakes. Regarding commute time, I never had a long commute. I mean, I worked in... We lived in Pocatello, Idaho. I worked in I worked in Pocatello, <laughs> Idaho. I think, I think drive time, it was like a 10-minute ten, ten drive max uh one way to work it wasn't there it wasn't a commute that being said if you think about like everything you have to do to get ready for work and this is not to say that hey if you work from home you don't ever have to shower but let's be honest there are many days where i get up and i don't have to do anything to get ready and i just go straight to work that cuts out so much time just that period i mean it may not be yeah sure maybe there's only 10 minutes driving time but there's probably a good half hour or more that is also getting ready and all that that i cut out you know so um those things i I don't know it kind of goes in with the commute time but not quite no i think that i think it does add to it like that's still time it's still stress like i need to look good because i'm around (laughs) people in the office i need to i don't know it seems less stressful and like you can easily like get up and shower super fast and then get right on the computer without having to like get ready get ready and then go and drive somewhere well i don't and you don't have to see big scary nasty snakes i don't know if this is just the difference in the company i worked for but um something i noticed for sure when i changed companies was just also the a little bit more lax and freedom about like dress code. Um, um, when I was working in the office, obviously you're in the office there, you may see customers, those kind of things. So they want you, you know, dress, you know, I think we, I think that it was like business casual or something was the, the way they called it at that company I worked for, um, where here 
at home or and specifically with this company it's a lot more free and you know a lot more flexible about what you wear i mean obviously you need to wear clothes that's important yeah and you need maybe. to be presentable but we're not that um, kind of company even just you know the 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 flexibility also around having your camera on all the time that's something that's been really interesting this idea of like camera fatigue and you you there's actually some interesting things about that out there about people being on camera all the time and the company i work for is a lot more um loose about that and not as like okay hey you have to have your camera on all the time we don't trust you uh, this company's a lot more trusting hmm. like hey like we we trust you to do the things you need to do you don't need to have your camera all the time like sometimes you just don't feel like having your camera on and you don't want to be feel like you're always you know having to be in front of that and look at that so observed yeah that reminds me of 1984 english teacher moment <laughs> i just like get big brother watching you on the cameras on the tvs 1984 that's what just i was just replaying scenes from that in my head when you were talking about it <laughs> all right Okay, so continuing with the research I was just telling you about, it says a report by Owl Labs in 2021 found that 55% of respondents say they work more hours remotely than they did at the physical office, which is just more time to actually work. The same report found that only 36% of people believe the office is best suited for individual work. So like out of the whole body of working individuals, only 36% of them believe that the office is best suited for individual work. And it's probably not the millennials, because we already learned from the last study, that millennials are not happy, or are, are happiest working remotely. They're not happy working. 32% um, of those surveyed by Lab said that they would quit their job if they were not able to continue working remotely. Do you think those 32% are millennials <laughs> like us? Could, yeah. Probably. But Gen Z was, like, really close, too. Yeah. Like, right behind them. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. So, I think I've covered pretty much all the research that I wanted to talk about and the big questions I wanted to talk about. The last thing I like to do on my episodes, lives, whatever I'm doing, my bonus content, my live and uncut i don't edit it at all i just stick it straight up on the podcast so people can listen to all the craziness uh last week with my kids you can listen to me like trying to get them under control and one of my children actually licking another one of my children and i'm like what are you doing like oh. best life ever too real too real too raw no oh, no it was my favorite <sighs> anyway what i like to do before i let my guest get back to their lives and I guess my life too, because we live the, <laughs> well, our lives are pretty parallel, so, right? Um, I have what I call the takeaway list. And so, you and I are going, Cornelius, are going to compile a list of three takeaways. Useful takeaways. Like, if someone wants to come listen, but they can only listen to a teeny part of it, because they don't have the patience to listen to the whole thing, which I totally understand, or they're in a hurry or maybe they're commuting and their commute isn't long enough to listen to my long-winded spiel forever they can come and listen just to the very end and get the three takeaways so we're gonna going to give you 
our three main takeaways from this discussion. Um, and these are things that you can put into action for happiness in your life that we take away from the discussion we just had. So we got to think of it. We got to think of these, the three best takeaways for this discussion we've just had that people can actionable things that people can take away from this episode. Maybe the first one be something around like, um, happy a big part of happiness is knowing your worth and then standing up for that worth so boundaries yeah boundaries so for work happiness is what he's saying number one know your worth like and let yourself accept your worth too because sometimes we don't even like accept our own worth know your worth and number two stand up for your worth set boundaries like know what you deserve, know what you want and set boundaries for those things. And even if it's scary, like fight for it, right? Fight for your happiness. No one's just gonna give it to you, fight for it. All right, that's a good first one. I like that one because it's very actionable. Know your worth and fight for your happiness. Set those boundaries. What's number two? Actionable. Oh, Justin joined. Justin DeBell, I love you. Hi, Justin. I love all of you, if anyone who's watched or will listen or whatever. But <laughs> Justin gets a special love you. <laughs> what is number two? Number two. Second takeaway from today's episode. Maybe something to around. Um, so we talked about knowing your worth and setting boundaries. Uh. <laughs> How about don't believe the lie that you're stuck? Yeah, like forget one. about it. Forget about it. you're never stuck. You're not stuck in your job. You're not stuck where you live. You're not stuck in a, if you're in a relationship that's not healthy, you're not stuck there. Like whatever it is that you feel like you are stuck or trapped in, do not believe that lie. That's a good one. You can always have change. You can always change. It may not be easy. It might be scary, but you can do it. That's a good one. I, I, there's, I remember lots of times in our relationship where you would say different, like different things where you felt stuck, whether that was a job or whatever it may be. And I remember not understanding that until I felt similarly when it came to my job. And I finally was like, I feel stuck and I don't like this. So I'm going to start looking at different options. So... Um, I, I feel like I finally connected with what you were saying for many years about your feelings of being stuck in other situations because I finally understood it because of my job situation. Yeah, don't let yourself get in that toxic, toxic hole of feeling trapped or feeling stuck because it's not real. Um, it, it's You're not stuck. Um, and then the third takeaway. My third takeaway has nothing to do with snakes, so don't worry, I won't go on that tangent again. Mm 
Maybe it could be something about like quality versus quantity. Yeah. Probably. Like yeah. look. What does productive mean? What is yeah? How are you defining productive and how productive you are? Or if you are a an employer, how are you defining your productivity of your employees? Like, think about that. Like quality versus quantity. Um, do what makes you most happy. And if you have good quality work, it doesn't matter how fast you do or the, you know, I mean, sometimes there, some things are on timelines that are on timelines for a good reason, but maybe focus on pr productivity for you and how it works best for your own happiness. And maybe as an, as a, an employee, as someone who's out there in the workforce, if you think that productivity, the way it's being measured for you is not something that you're comfortable with, again, kind of back to the setting boundaries, maybe you need to find a company or somewhere that does value productivity in the same way you value it, um, because that's really important. And like I said in earlier in the live, uh, that's something I saw a shift in, in my area of work, um, is a shift in, you know, what does productivity mean and um, redefining productivity. So love it. Yeah, I love those three takeaways. Takeaway number one is know your worth and set your boundaries. Takeaway number two. We'll say good day number two again. He's fired. <laughs> I was focused on the third one. Stuck. It was, yeah, you're never stuck. You're never stuck. Takeaway number two, you're it. never stuck. And we will have a full episode about getting unstuck at some point because it's on my list. And number three is redefine productivity and know what your quality work looks like versus quantity, you know. Love it. Take care of yourself. Take care of your happiness. At the end of every one of my episodes, I do this ritual. So please do this ritual with me. Put your hand or both hands, however much weight you need, right over your heart or chest. I did hers probably like over here. And tell yourself, I am safe. I am loved. I am enough. You didn't do it. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to say it with you. No, I say it and then you say it. Uh, I am safe. I am safe. I am loved. I am loved. I am enough. I am enough. And have a fantastic one more day. Friday and then you get your weekend so have a fantastic Friday and you can do it and I will see you next week